Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Amplify Live podcast channel, where you can access the latest market insights from the head of market analysis, Anthony Chung, and head of trading, Piers Curran getting you up to speed on what mattered in markets this week. Okay, welcome to episode two of the Market Watch on Amplify Live. It's Friday, the 5th of February. It's just gone past 8 a.m. this morning, and I'm joined, as ever, by Head of Trading Peers. Good morning. Very good, thanks. Had a good week? Yeah, Always a good week. <laughs> wow. It's always a good week when you get to the end because weekend beckons. Yeah, yeah. We'll, um, we'll, we'll it's say... Always a good, it's always a good week when markets stride higher five days straight and make a new all-time high. Oof, you're making me nervous, feeling like I need to cut back on some longs or something when you, when you start <laughs> talking like that. Um, but look, to, to give people a bit of a heads up then of what we're going to cover kind of 20, 20 minute chat. This is the routine. Um, myself as the head of market analysis and Pierce as the head of trading. We have a catch up at the end of the week. We would do this normally anyway, from a, uh, just a personal situation. We would just talk about markets and stuff, kind of um, talk about ideas and so on. And we really just wanted to broaden that out. So today we're going to talk about, we're going to focus on three things. Stocks at all time high, and what's underpinning that, the general sentiment, where do we go from here? Then we'll pivot that to some of the major headlines of this week uh, and two very uh, famous individuals, Bezos and Amazon, and then Mario Draghi back to the fold. Uh, and I'd like to get your thoughts on that. So we'll kick things off. Let me just uh, kind of set the scene. So we've got non-farm payrolls coming out later on today. Now, with that, expectations are quite high because in terms of the kind of prelude, if you like, the ISM manufacturing this week, PMI, the highest since Feb 2018, non-manufacturing, highest since February 2019, ADP, pretty much a blowout, 174,000 against expectations of 49,000. 
weekly jobless claims, people were getting a little bit nervous about that a couple of weeks back when we were coming up to a million again, but we've had the third consecutive decline and the lowest number since last week of November. Um, allied to that, you've had Fed officials from doves to hawks and in between all coming out saying, look, we're still far away from achieving our goal um, in terms of debating a scaling back of their massive bond buying program. So they're on side. You've had earnings come out. You've had phenomenal numbers from the likes of Alphabet, Amazon, and others. We, we can only go up, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that, it's, it's one of those, um, you know, we, we, we use terminology uh, Goldilocks scenario. And, and this is a perfect example. And it's so, and I guess when you're talking about Wall Street versus Main Street, this is like, I, I think this is a, a scenario where we're kind of a peak divergence. Like, because if you think about on the ground, you know, everyday people, you know, out there on the streets, COVID is still, I mean, obviously uh, the dominant force in their lives, right? Lockdowns, you know, hospitalizations, um, you know, the US is slightly behind the UK. And so they're, uh, their wave is 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 probably peaking after our wave, so you know they're still embroiled right in the mix of it. And yet, just as just as conditions are at their very worst on Main Street, you know this is where Wall Street is, is like, wow, happy days. Things could not be better, and that's because you get the combination of um, really powerfully strong economic data, which is indicating that. You know, this whole story about a strong emergence from COVID, you know, this story is on, right? These, these data points are, uh, are very positive. Plus, combine that, so you've got an improving economy alongside then uh, a phenomenally sort of stimulative um, central bank and government. And so the, the two-pronged push of fiscal and monetary stimulus, along with an already improving economy, right? And so, you know, it's that Goldilocks scenario where, you know, for stocks, it's economic positive times and, and yet the, the policy setters aren't removing the punch bowl. Um, so double positive pushing things to, to new highs. It's gotta be, um, be nice timing for, for Biden. Uh, I, I saw this morning, and it, you, you'll remember this from over the years, um, himself and the Labour Secretary will be appearing already. They've already said after today's non-farm payrolls report. <laughs> that was always, I remember back in the days of the trading floor, that would always be, you know, traders would always look for these like kind of, oh, what colour tie is Draghi wearing or what, what <laughs> who, who's appearing? And it, I remember, I can't remember who the Labour Secretary was like 10, 15 years ago, but I remember it used to be one of those things that traders would latch onto if they're yeah. appearing and they already announce it after immediately the jobs report on a Friday, you know it's a good jobs report and people just start buying into it. Um, just one of those anomalies, I guess. Yeah, I guess with Biden, I mean, you could say on the one hand it's bad timing and that he starts off this like right in the depths of this sort of pandemic. But, but then it's very reminiscent of Obama. Mm. Obama stepped into office in 2009, January 2009, which is... The only other notable event of January 2009 was the launch of Amplify Trading, by the way. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, Obama steps in at the height of the crisis, right? And the thing is there, you, it can only get, well, hopefully, it can only get better, right? And, and so 
Obama came in at the worst point and then he rides the, the recovery path. And, and for Biden, it looks like it's going to be the same kind of timing. Yeah. Well, look, one of the things I, I briefly mentioned there was timing. And we're talking about Biden. And really, a lot of the focus of this chat is about these individuals. Mm. And so what what's your take on, on Bezos stepping down? So let me just kind of paint the picture. I sat at my computer. You know, we know when these earnings are coming out. And I'm always, might sound geeky, I'm always a bit excited <laughs> when, it, when it's the big tech names coming out. I'm just interested to see, like, just how much do they absolutely smash forecasts, which they inevitably always do. And, you know, from a, from a business point of view, check out these numbers from Amazon. Revenue, $125.56 billion in the quarter. They had their EPS came in at $14.09. Expectations were for $7.34. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, but I remember I sat here, I was looking at the aftermarket trade as well as some of the other traders. And it came out, just Bezos is stepping down. <laughs> you could sense a slight <laughs> trepidation amongst people thinking, uh, hang about. Is that a good or a bad thing? It's got to be a bad thing, the assumption. And, then, and the aftermarket, the price, the stock price actually dipped about 2%. Yep. Then it popped up flat. Then it actually went up a percent. And it was all over, just pinging around about 4% swing in the initial couple of minutes. So his replacement, so here, here's, here's the deal. So he's stepping down. Um, and he's going to be replaced by a chap called Andy Jassy, who's, if you haven't heard of Mr. Jassy, then uh, he's a longtime CEO of Amazon Web Services and their cloud computing business, which is a, a definitely a meaningful thing because that is their new staple of growth, if you like, as a business. And uh, Jassy, just so you're aware, has been at the firm since 1997. So it has context. He's not a newbie. He is about as aligned um, with the master himself. As you're going to be, as you're going to be, and the other thing here, um, Bezos did say that the transition he's going to take um, a more active role, so executive chair, not non-executive. So he's still going to have a lot of input going forward. But overall, you know, what's your what's your feelings about this type of announcement? Um, yeah, I think that on the one hand, you know, succession um, at the very top of a tech giant is obviously not a new thing for, for us as, as investors to have to deal with. Um, you know, everyone will remember the, the, the two giants in, in Bill Gates and Steve Jobs um, stepping down from their respective uh, businesses, Microsoft and Apple, of course. And, you know, like, like with any succession, there's uncertainty. And it's not going to be any different here with Amazon. You've had a guy steer this ship for 30-odd years and... Obviously, at some point, he's going to jump off. Um, and, and so I think the important thing, well, I don't know. I, I, there's another thing about, I mean, look, this guy's seriously, he's got, he's got caliber, all right, Jassy. Because AWS, I mean, I know firsthand how much money that thing makes because as a, as a tech, we've got a tech part to our, to our business. And so... Um, we spend a lot of money. We, we, we push a lot of money towards AWS, I can tell you. And that, that thing is a, a money printing machine. And AWS actually is more profitable than any other part 
of the business. Often people think Amazon and they think retail, right? Because that's what most people use Amazon for. Um, they're retail part of the business. Do you know how much profit it made in 2020? Go on, hit me. None. No profit. Uh, so it, it all comes from advertising and AWS, right? And, and AWS particularly. Um, so he has... For 30 years, this guy, or not quite 30 years, then 25 or whatever, he's been running the most profitable, he's built the most profitable part of Amazon. So look, this guy's not mm. a no one, and he's not an outsider either. So I think, and, and with Bezos, you know, definitely, you know, he's going to be a backseat driver for a couple of years, right? So I think the succession risk here isn't, isn't huge. I don't think the trajectory for Amazon particularly changes. I think Bezos, though, so to kind of put a different hat on, you know, I think he's stepping out at a, uh, a good time just because I think that, you know, the last 20 years has seen the, 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 the rise of Amazon. I mean, Amazon's pretty much the only sort of poster child of the dot-com boom that, that, that you know, well, pretty much the only company that actually made it. They, because um, Jassy joined in 97, as you said, that's when Amazon went public. Their IPO was in 97. They were all part of the dot-com boom. It's just mm. they're the only ones that actually did, delivered on that, that promise long-term. But um, I think the last 20 years, you know, mostly it's been the, the tech giants, right? And the fangs uh, have kind of gone to new, just stratospheric heights. And I think the next decade, I think the challenges for these big tech uh, is going to be a lot more political, and, you know, are the politicians of this world going to start to get ever more fearful of the power and the control that these tech firms have? And therefore, what are they going to do about it? And I think that Bezos is jumping off before really that, that engine starts firing. And, I, and so I think, I think Amazon are fine in the way it's going to be run. But I think those, those risks for these giant firms um, are, are looming. And uh, that's what Jassy's going to have to deal with. Yeah, that, uh, I did see. Yeah, I did read a couple of research notes talking about that political impact. And actually, there was some um, who had the belief that quite a strong signal for the move um, from Bezos was to do with the fact that the, not that long ago, Amazon lost out on a big contract, like a bellwether contract, the US government. Now, obviously, then what happened here was that goes to in the cloud space, your arch nemesis, which is Microsoft, which are yeah. gunning for you in that space. And obviously Bezos has a lot of other business interests, those being the Washington Post, for example. Uh, and that has caused a lot of friction um, with the previous administration. Obviously Trump was definitely um, at loggerheads with, with the likes of Bezos, but also just generally, and the broad, you know, if Amazon wants to broaden out its geographic reach um, you know, that paper that I mentioned has been highly critical of like the Indian government, for example, yeah. and a lot of political instability there. And so perhaps it's a, you know, like you say, it's not like he's gone. Yeah. No, <laughs> it just exactly. takes some of the um, negative spotlight away from certain areas, I guess. But that's just a, a part of the equation, I guess. But look, let's, let's move on and talk about the, the final, the, the third character in the series, <laughs> which is the return of Super Mario. Oh, yes. I mean, you, Welcome back. You, you even WhatsApped me when that happened. You were so <laughs> giddy with excitement. <laughs> I, look, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you know, 
of all of my man crushes <laughs> of my life, and, and there haven't been many. Um, I'm not going to tell you. Well, my first man crush, Paul Gascoigne, uh, a big <laughs> Tottenham fan. Um, anyway, um, Mario, I, I, I hold very fondly in my heart. I mean, anybody who traded through the the kind of the aftermath of the of the financial crisis and and, and let's be more specific the eurozone debt crisis um, anybody who traded through that um, will know very well that Draghi is an absolute uh, a giant a, a powerhouse of of a figure who um, you know talk about a kind of safe pair of hands um, and, and you know he just gets things done and. Uh, he's a he's a he's a statesman, and he uh, you know of all the yeah I'm just happy he's back. I just got a big smile. I, I've missed him, and I know he's been kind of stuck away in his house in Rome, um, probably just putting his feet up for a for a, a year or so since Lagarde has taken over at the ECB. But yeah, good to see him back in the mix. Okay, so a, a less a less um, technical point here. Do you think someone like Draghi watches the Christine Lagarde press conferences from his home in Rome and says, God, you know what? This is just embarrassing. I need to get back in here somehow in some shape or form. He, put, he puts the feelers out and uh, here he is. Because you know, Lagarde gets a lot of criticism and I, I think unfairly so. Um, you know, watching things like the Twitter sphere when she's living a press conference, it's almost just embarrassing watching some the amount of yeah. um, aggression towards her. But I do think that, you know, she had a hard act to follow. Yeah. I mean, there are, it's, it's like, I think, as I said to you a few weeks ago, or maybe a few months ago when Lagarde took over, it's like, um, it's like Alex Ferguson, yeah. you know, finally stepping down. And, and Lagarde is like David Moyes, who... Uh, <laughs> many won't remember, took over from Ferguson and it was an absolute disaster. But look, I mean, Lagarde, I mean, she had she had big, big pedigree, right? Um, but I think the thing about being the ECB president, it's like being that figurehead where you've got to control the media and, you know, your, your ability to control a press conference is one of the absolute key attributes of that role. And it's like being any kind of key political figure. It's Fine, you've got, to, you've got to own and control your team um, internally, but then it's also absolutely about that external message and are you trusted and do people have confidence in you? And I think well, on those two factors, trust and confidence, um, you know, Draghi delivers in, in spades, right? Or at least has done. I think this challenge ahead of him, though, is, is obviously a very different one, Um and it's going to be interesting. I mean, Italian politics is just, uh, it, it's, it's a real mess. I don't know. It's, um, and it has been for like 25 okay, years. On that point, you said 25 years there. So here, here's a statistic for you. You'll like this one. Go on. Don't ask me how I know this. <laughs> <laughs> Over the last, oh, no, no, no. Let me re rephrase this. Over this 160-year period in Italy. Right. How many governments do you reckon they've had? Oof, in 160 years? Yeah. Well, I know they've been on a run rate of about one every two years in recent times. So, look, I, I'm going to go 75. You might need to double that. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> really? So over the 160-year period in Italy to, to, to today, they've had 131 governments. <laughs> That's each, one, each one then has lasted an average of 15 months. That's insane. <laughs> But actually, it's one of the one of the problems, and, right? You know, and, and along with that goes. I mean, certainly in the last, you know, in my kind of adult lifetime, so let's say twenty years, Italy has been the absolute underperformer of of Europe in terms of economic growth and economic reform. And this is why. I mean, the, and and look, and Draghi, right? This is going to be a technocratic government, uh, like emergency government, unelected um, prime minister. And it's like, wow, okay, that's, that's pretty extraordinary, except it's not, not for Italy. Um, this is, I was looking, this is the, Draghi's the fifth technocratic unelected prime minister in the last 15 years. Well, that, that in itself just shows well, how, years, how, sorry, how fragmented Italian politics is. Yeah. You need an external person to come in to sort the house out. But the, what's really important, the timing's good because they're about to get a 200 billion euro check to spend on a recovery plan from, from COVID. And Europe wants them to spend it in a way that deals with these long-term legacy lack of reform issues. Um, and Draghi, of all people, Draghi's top of the list of the person who might be able to deliver on that. But look, people have waded into Italian politics thinking, right, don't worry guys, I'll sort it out. Mm. I'm here now, it's all going to be fine. And then only for like 18 months later, they get they crawl back out um, defeated. So well, it'll be an interesting watch. Let's hope your hero delivers the goods then. Come on, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Well, look, let's wrap it up there. Piers, always a pleasure to talk to you at the end of the week. Um, yeah, just for, for everyone new to the, the podcast kind of series, this is the, the routine. So kind of late on a, on a Friday morning, We'll put out the latest episode, recapping some of the, the main topics and our views for, for the week just gone. But otherwise, hope everyone has a, has a great weekend. Stay safe. And uh, Piers, thank you. Cheers, guys. Have a good weekend. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.